This is Karen McGill, and you are listening to From Burnout to Best Self. Welcome and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to From Burnout to Best Self. This is episode 15. Wow, I can't believe we are 15 episodes deep. Uh, Today, I'm talking about the power of self-acceptance and how I personally have gone through some steps to resolve some limiting beliefs and how it has changed my life and how you might be able to use the tools I've used to apply them to your own life. So if you find that you're suffering from that all too common belief that you're not good enough for pretty much anything, then you might be interested to learn how uh, you can improve your thinking through the development of your own self-acceptance muscle. And I want you to think about it that way. So from a personal perspective, I have lost and kept off 80 pounds, completed a half Ironman, half marathons, fitness competitions. I've built several businesses. I've earned a couple of graduate degrees or one graduate degree and one undergraduate. But of all those accomplishments, the hardest thing that I've yet to achieve is that feeling of self-acceptance. And I'm sure some of you can relate, especially those of you that are fellow type A'ers. I look at the steps that I have to achieve anything in my life and I take them because I'm a doer. Sometimes I reach my goals and other times I don't, but in all cases, I know the path and the process to get there. And I know that if I work hard enough, I will find success. However, this is not the case with self-acceptance. It's not like a follow this blueprint path and you will achieve. And with all my flaws and imperfections, I seriously have struggled to figure out the way to find self-acceptance. So, I mean, yoga, meditation, fitness, healthy eating, all of these things that I practice and share with you around well-being are all tools in my emotional tool, my emotional wellness arsenal or toolbox, if you will. And I use them to improve myself every day and they do work. But in reality, that's not what accepting is as much as it is the active pursuit of fixing what isn't or what's not good enough. So I've been pondering this idea since ever since I read a book called uh, The Yoga of Life by Colleen Yee, or Sedman Yee, I should say. Uh, And uh, it's a great book. I highly, highly recommend it. I will leave a link in the show notes to this. Uh, And the show notes are accompanied with the blog post up today. Um, But the common thread in the book is something that I can certainly identify with, and I'm sure you can too, is this underlying feeling of not being enough. And I've talked about this so much in my podcast. And it's such a powerful cement block in a lot of our lives that it's, it's worth bringing up again and again. Whether it's not being beautiful enough for your, your spouse or interesting enough for your friends or smart enough for your career or good enough to be a success. Can you relate to this idea of not feeling good enough? I certainly can. This has become a fascination lately for me, guys, as I sense that I am not alone in my personal anguish. And I'll share a little story at the end of this podcast of how that came to light for me today. But this feeling that, you know, I'm just a little less than I need to be for everything. It is a commonality that most women share, sadly. Most men don't, but a lot of women do. Although interestingly, you know, it's just, it's amazing to me that men don't think about it that way. When I listen to my husband on the phone or when I hear him talk about himself or his business, he's just so confident and he's so able to look at a situation and not, 
you know, pick himself apart in it. Whereas if I were in that same situation, I would be pulling so much fault um, from myself or feeling as though I'm not enough. So when I look at how this feeling or belief has played out in my life, I can see how it has materialized in a pattern of giving up on things. I can start out on a new path with vigor, but the moment it gets hard or my insecurities start to rise to the surface, I can find a good reason to give up or throw in the towel. I'm sure some of you can relate to that as well. It doesn't always happen because it's not like I don't follow through on everything, but I can see where it has manifested in certain opportunities that I felt because I've never thought that I would measure up enough. So I gave up. And you know, when I think about the things that I've given up on in life, and, and let me take you down this path. Have you ever given up on something because you just thought, screw it, it's never going to work and uh, it's not going to happen for me? And then you give up on it. And then months, years down the line, you look back and you think, what if I had not given up on that? How much further would I have been? How would my life have been different? Why the hell did I give up? Because now today I'm still in the same place I was three years ago. I'm no further ahead and I'm still miserable. So, you know, and then you berate yourself for it. I've done that so many times, guys. And funny thing is the things that I give up on very often are the things that I want the most. Oh, it's just, I, I don't even know why that is. I, I, I don't even have enough psychology degrees to unpack how, you know, inane that is, but it is the truth. So, you know, I took it upon myself to really tackle this self-acceptance thing because it just rings so true for me. And I'm at a point in my life where I can no longer let my past limiting beliefs dictate my future. I wonder if that's the case for you. Like, I mean, if there's things that you want in your future, but you think to yourself, I'll never have that because I've never had it in the past. Well, that's just pulling your past through into your future and, you know, making sure that you never get any further along. So how can you let your future, you know, be something different and leave those limiting beliefs in the past? How? How can you do that? So um, I'm going to pause for a quick second and then I will come back to what I have been doing and how it has helped me. Maybe these things will help you too. Um, I'll share a personal story of, of where I saw how far I've come just this morning. Um, And I'll be back in one second to share that with you. You guys already know that I advocate great nutrition and daily workouts in order to get from your place of burnout to your absolute best self. The problem is getting there is easier said than done. If you're busy, you don't have time to get to a gym, you don't know what to do when you get to the gym, and you actually hate working out, then I have a solution that might help you. I train women online every month in a small online group environment, and I encourage, guide, and coach all of these great women to get to the best version of themselves. If that sounds like something that might help you too, this is a very affordable solution for the busy woman who just doesn't have time to get to the gym. So if you want to learn more, head to thefithabit.com forward slash train with me and find the details there. Talk to you soon. Okay, welcome back. Let's dive right in. So the first thing I did was start working with an EFT coach. Uh, This is back like in the last fall uh, to dig into where these beliefs have come from. And I'm really happy to say that it has helped me heal a lot of scars because very often past traumas and emotional scars are where limiting beliefs 
reside. And if you're able to heal those scars and get past that, it it releases the limiting belief. Let's say that. Uh, So with EFT, which is also known as emotional freedom technique or tapping, it's literally tapping on meridian points. I have a blog post on this. So you can just go to my website, thefithabit.com and um, put in the search bar, either emotional freedom technique or EFT, or just Google it. Um, It has been really powerful for me. And essentially what it is when you work with a coach, um, this coach in particular, you know, works with creatives on their limiting beliefs because all creatives deal with this. And if you think you're not creative, you're wrong <laughs> because creativity is, you know, what being a human is. Um, everything from how you have created your life to your home, to your family and friends, everything around you is of your creation. Um, and she works with creatives to get past their limiting beliefs because this is just part of the human experience. And, uh, When we worked together, I was able to really pull up some things that were holding me back and we tapped through them. Uh, I believe I have another podcast actually in this series on EFT. So um, if you're interested in diving deep, you can go there too. But essentially, you know, I worked with her for uh, about four sessions and she really helped me move past some limiting beliefs that I had. Um, And it released some old, some old stuff. Oh, and I cried. I didn't cry necessarily with her. I got a little emotional with her, but I cried <clears throat> after our sessions. I wanted to dive a little deeper into EFT, and I picked up the book um, by Nick Orton, um, Ortner, sorry, Nick Ortner, and um, it's about manifesting the life of your dreams. That's the title. Maybe not word for word, but there's manifesting in the title. Go Google it. Um, it is amazing, and I actually got the audiobook. And if you go to audible.com forward slash the fit habit, if you don't already have an audible account, just go there and um, audible.com forward slash the fit habit. And you can get, uh, I think it's one or two free audiobooks. Highly recommend getting this one um, and download it and listen to it. And every day he walks you through a tapping series <clears throat> and he explains the whole idea behind tapping. I just need to take a drink of water here because I'm getting really dry in the throat. He explains the whole idea behind tapping and how you do it. So don't worry if you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, And you just listen to his voice and you repeat after him and you do the tapping motion and um, be prepared to ball. (laughs) I balled all the way down to Carmel by the Sea one weekend to visit friends. But by the time I got down there, I just felt so much relief from some, you know, feelings around my parents and growing up and, and feelings of lack and not enough. So that was a really healing part. And... I mean, I still have my moments where I don't feel like I'm enough, but the part where it's seeded from my past is gone. I hope that makes sense. Moving on. I also started taking action. So I started putting myself out there more in my business endeavors and not letting rejection take me down as it may have done in the past. I work hard. I do my best and I try not to attach myself or personalize myself to outcomes that I can't control. Like other people's behavior or other people's behavior, um, I can only just be who I am. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, I work really hard at what I do with coaching and uh, writing and everything that I do for my readers and my clients. And, uh, you know, I do struggle sometimes with, is this enough? Am I giving enough? And damn, I mean, uh, for the amount that, you know, it costs to work with me, I definitely feel like I, I do give enough a lot. Um but, you know, you always still have those doubts. And I always just want to give, give, give. Uh, so I've had to accept that, you know, I can only give so much. 
And my clients have to meet me halfway because I can't, I can't make anybody, I can't effort myself into making people more fit or happy or healthy. People have to meet halfway, right? Like they have to be willing to do the work. And I think when people aren't willing to do the work, I personalize that a little bit too much. Um, I think you can understand what I mean by that. If you hire a personal trainer or a fitness coach or a health coach or a wellness coach or any kind of coach, and uh, you know you set up appointments to meet with that coach and you do all the work with them, and then you have like your homework assignment, your takeaways at the end of the day, and you get off the call and you do nothing, and then you don't see results, whose fault is that? Is it the coach or is it you? Because unfortunately, the coach can be the most brilliant coach in the world, but if the student's not ready to change, that's all there is to it. So for a long time, I would personalize um, the results of my clients. And if they weren't getting the results that they wanted, then I would take responsibility for that. So I've learned to not do that. And I think that that is relatable to anyone in any area of life, whether you're a teacher or a parent or a friend giving advice to another friend, um, you know, sibling, whatever, you know, we always have people that are coming to us saying, oh, you know, this is a problem. You give them advice, you give them help, you do things for them. But if they're not able to step up and help themselves, they will not change. And uh, you can't personalize whatever's going on in their life. It's not up to you. It's up to them. Um, I've also cut a lot of my people-pleasing behavior because, I mean, obviously this has never served me. It never serves anyone. I often agree to doing things that I don't want to do because the enticement of being appreciated and loved, it's really strong for me because um, words of appreciation is one of my biggest love languages. But if the same thing always happens to me in these situations, I end up feeling a little bitter and resentful for the effort I put in, even though I don't need to do as much as I do, but I'm driving myself to do it because again, it's coming from that place of not feeling enough or wanting to feel appreciated and loved and cared for. Even though, you know, somebody just needs me to like, I don't know, drive them to the airport. (laughs) Um, So I I have learned to really dial back my personal uh, pleasing behavior. Yeah, my pleasing behavior. Sorry, I'm tripping up over my words today. Uh, And really just ask myself before I say yes to anything, is this something I really want to do? And if I want to do it because, you know, it's fun or I want to do it because, you know, I love the person and I want to express care, then that's one thing. But if I'm doing it because I don't want this person to be mad at me, that is not a reason to do it. It is absolutely not a reason to do it. And it's not fair to yourself and it's not fair to anyone else. So uh, those are the sort of things that the three key things that I did to really stop my behaviors of um, limiting beliefs and lack of self-acceptance. And this has all sort of happened and transpired over the past since fall of 2018. So damn, it's been almost a year now. And I really want to share now what's happened on the other side of all of that. So it's amazing to me that these things have started to shift and coming back to a full circle and looking at them shines a light on where I was and where I am now. And I I have to say that finding like a coach to help me get through this was such a big deal. And even though, you know, I do fitness and health coaching, I struggled to hire a coach of my own um, because it wasn't something tangible, right? Like I've hired fitness coaches in the past because, you know, you hire that person to get a certain result and it's very actionable. You can expect that they're going to give you meal plans and workouts and, you know, be there to make you accountable. And then you, you either do the work or you don't and you get the results or you don't. 
But with, you know, something that's more in the life coaching realm, I struggled with that, to be quite honest, because it's like, oh, what do, what's the result here, right? Like, what's the end goal? Do I really need somebody to help me, you know, coach me through life? Is that where I've gotten to? But man, I got over myself real quick, because um, one thing another coach had said to me once is, Karen, it's hard to operate on yourself. And that is so true. I mean, when you don't see your own blind spots, but somebody else can, um, it makes it all, I mean, it makes that acceleration and improvement trajectory a lot faster. And I am, you'll hear about that in the personal story I tell you at the end of this podcast. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have my strong, I'm still a strong and happy and resilient person like I have been for most of my life. But overall, I saw this as an area to improve and I went for it. And that action has had massive impact. And I continue to realize the benefit of um, my coaching sessions. And um, man, it's really made all of the difference. And another thing I want to point out is, you know, getting a coach is a great thing, but sometimes therapy is what you need. And don't, don't disregard that. Why go through, if you are unhappy or if you are miserable, then it's time to make a change. It's time to do something differently because damn, life is short. Life is so short. I am flirting with the hairy edge of 50. (laughs) And I know that had I done this work, like in my thirties, maybe I would have, I would have been a lot further than I am now. Not that I'm in a bad place and it's not that life is a race, but maybe the quality of my happiness would have been a little bit more if I had worked on these things earlier in life. I think you know what I mean. Um, So before I wrap up on this whole idea of self-acceptance and, you know, working through those things, those areas where you don't feel like you're enough, I want to leave you with a quote from a book that I read. This is from, as clearly I'm into books, right? Uh, This is from Shift Happens, How to Live an Inspired Life Starting Right Now by Robert Holden. Highly recommend the book, actually. It's really, really good. And I'll link to that in the show notes for today's show as well. Um, Listen to this. This is what he writes. Self-acceptance is your number one goal in life. Why? Why? Because for as long as you believe that there is something unacceptable about you, you will push away love, you will sabotage success, you will unconsciously conspire against joy, you will struggle, and you will never really find out who you are and what you are really capable of. With self-acceptance, you fear you will lose something, but really you lose nothing that is real and gain everything that is. For instance, with a self-acceptance, you lose your fear of lack and gain wholeness. You lose the guilt and gain innocence. You lose your self-criticism and gain great creativity. You lose your ego and you regain your unconditioned self. With self-acceptance, you lose the ground and you start to fly. Damn. Boom. Mic drop. (laughs) I just think that that's so beautiful. And as I sat on the couch this morning, thinking about the power of self-acceptance and the power of reaching a point where I do accept myself for who I am, flaws and all, you do gain a sense of innocence because what you really accept in yourself are your flaws. You accept that you're human and you're fallible and you're imperfect. You're going to make mistakes. Yep. Made them in the past. We'll make them in the future. You accept that, you know, with 
every struggle you have in life, that is just part of the human condition and that you're going to feel sad at moments and you're going to feel bad and you're going to feel less than some moments, but you don't berate yourself for it anymore. No, actually, here's what it is. You don't feel shame about it anymore. And when there's no more shame, when you come out from that dark shadow of shame, you shine who you really are. And it's like, this is me, words and all, you know, like with the roll of belly fat and the jiggly legs and the wrinkles on my skin, um, the splints in my hair, the fact that I'm, you know, a nerd and I like going to bed early and that my best weekends are my weekends where I don't have any plans whatsoever and I just get to sit home and read a book. That may make me sound like the lamest person on earth. That's okay. You know, you might feel that way too. Um, I think if we all just like let our freak flies, how do you say this? I always trip my words over this. Let your freak flag fly and the other freaks will find you. (laughs) I don't actually like the word freak. Let your weirdo flag fly, you know. Very apropos me being here in Austin and, you know, the saying here is keep Austin weird. Maybe they're just a bunch of people that are so self-accepting of themselves that, uh, you know, they're willing to be comfortable with their weirdness. I'm, I'm willing to be comfortable with my weirdness. I'm more of like a nerd than I am a weirdo, but maybe I'm a weirdo. Who knows? Now I'm rambling. Anyway, I wanted to share a personal story. And, and that's the end of the self-acceptance piece for this podcast. If you don't feel like listening to the self-acceptance story, personal one, then, uh, Hey, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and um, feel free to leave me a five-star review. And if you hated it, just feel free to turn off the podcast now. (laughs) Um, But if you want to hear the other personal story that really brought this into my awareness today, then listen up. Uh, So this morning, a friend of mine uh, reached out to me and I'm going to try and like eliminate the details because they're really insignificant. But a friend of mine reached out to me and she's like, look what a friend of mine or quote unquote friend of hers has just emailed me and she sent me this email that somebody else has sent her and this this other friend let's call her I don't know Tina I, I don't even know what the woman's name is um, Tina sent this message to my friend and Tina is like the hot mess express of 2019 you know she is she's been in and out of bad relationships married a couple of guys that you know were shysters and you know, went through bankruptcy, couldn't hold a job. She was constantly spending all through all of her money and getting involved in schemes and then ditching them. Like she's just, she's one of those people. And we all have one of those people. We all have a Tina in our life. Anyways, this is my friend's Tina. And and Tina had emailed her saying, look, I mean, you, she, she said to her, I I have this thing that I need to tell with it, get off my, my chest and it's been keeping me up at night. And I really think that you should know what I'm thinking about this. And then she went on to tell her that she didn't like something that she was doing. Not to her. This was just, it was, it has to do with like habits that my friend has, healthy habits, like going to bed early and eating clean and taking care of herself. She, this Tina girl didn't like it. <laughs> it was just the dumbest thing. And uh, she went on to tell her that, you know, this healthy lifestyle that you have is just marketing and you're drinking Kool-Aid and uh, that's how I feel about it. And the fact that my friend goes to bed early or likes to eat vegetables is just not something that anybody else should be losing sleep over. So, I mean, clearly we're talking about something that's really dumb. 
But uh, the, the point of this conversation is that my friend was so upset. She was so upset about this friend who emailed her to say that the fact that she was eating vegetables and going to bed early was a problem. And, uh, you know, she, she didn't know how to respond. She didn't know what to say. And I'm like, why would you even respond to something so ridiculous? This person, Tina, who clearly has a lot of drama in her life, needs to continue to stir up drama or else, you know, if things are too quiet, then she has to reflect on the fact that her own life sucks. So she doesn't like people that are happy and healthy. So she's picking on you and, uh, and you're, you're falling for it. And it's very easy for me in an objective third party position where I don't know this, this person to say, this is ridiculous. You shouldn't be upset by this. You're amazing. It's great that you take great care of yourself. And the fact that it pisses this woman off is just ludicrous. Um, and, but at the same time, so I think where I was coming from is why would you defer your value and defer the things that are priorities to you to this other person? Um, you should know enough in yourself and accept yourself for who you are and know that what you're doing is great. And this person's opinion of what you're doing should not you know, shake you at all. But it was shaking her. And I could see in that moment, it was very meta. Because I know that a year ago, if that were me, I would have been as upset as my friend was. But because I've done a lot of this work, even if one of my friends came up to me and said, you know what, Karen, the fact that you go to bed at 10 o'clock every night is just so lame. And you're the lamest person I know. And I just needed to get that off my chest. And... Uh, let you know because I was losing sleep over it. I would laugh. I mean, I celebrate the fact that I'm lame <laughs> because it's just who I am. And if somebody thinks that's lame, they want to put that label on it, fine. Um, and it's taken me a lot of work to get there. And I know that my friend is very evolved as well, but in this moment, she was feeling very hurt. And it was such a great opportunity for me to practice what I've learned on her and see that, yes, I was able to step out of a situation that would have bothered me a long time ago and realize that, wow, it really doesn't matter what other people think of you. It matters what you think of you. And other people who want to go out of their way to say something mean, even something ridiculous, says so much more about them than it does about you. And my friend it's just like one of the nicest people you would ever meet. It would never say anything mean or nasty to anybody else. And not even that this woman, woman Tina, was saying something nasty. She was just saying that she didn't like, she, she thought that it was, it was, I don't know what she was saying. She didn't even really make any sense in terms of what she was saying, but she didn't like that my friend was taking care of herself. Um, I mean, that's just such a dumb thing to do. And at the end of the day, hurt people hurt people right? And my friend would never say anything like that to anybody because she's not a hurt person. She's a happy person. Um, so it, it was just a really good, I, I'm probably not articulating this well, so I'm really glad this is at the end of the podcast, but it was just a really good example of how other people's opinions are A, none of your business, and if they care to share them with you, are still none of your business because it's all about them. It's never about you. And you cannot defer your value and your worth to other people because their opinions don't matter. 
So on that note, I'm going to go because I'm afraid I'm starting to ramble now. And I hope all of you are doing well. I am thinking of opening another um, group coaching session uh, later this month. So I will put the details in the post that accompanies this uh, podcast and it will have the same title, um, Self-Acceptance and Limiting Beliefs. So if you're interested in learning more about coaching, um, my coaching style of coaching lessons or lessons, my style of coaching and my group coaching, then um, feel free to pop in there and check that out. And maybe what I will do is like just a bonus ode to talk about um, my coaching so that, you know, people that don't really have any interest in it don't have to listen to it. Um, So I'm going to head out now. Thanks very much, guys, for listening. I love you for being here and hope today was helpful. And have yourself a great day. And remember, only your opinion of you matters. Bye. You guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of From Burnout to Best Self. I really appreciate you being here and I would super appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. That really helps me get the podcast out to more people and to help me get better people on the, or not better people, but fascinating people on the podcast. So do me a huge, head over to iTunes, give me a five-star review. I would really appreciate it. And also... I would love to connect with you on Instagram. I like to see the people who actually listen to this podcast. I want to see my community uh, face-to-face. So go over there, follow me on Instagram at burnout to best self, and uh, let me know you're a listener. I'd really appreciate it. If you want to do a screenshot of the episode that you uh, are listening to and share it on your stories and tag me, then I will be happy to share back. So um, thanks for connecting, guys. I love you, and uh, I'm so happy to be on this journey with you. Take care.